From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson. The views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 104.9 FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, piston clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. Southern Arizona and the rest of you out there in cyberspace. Welcome to the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here on ESPNTucson.com, 104.9 FM, 1490 AM. That'll get you a FM station and an AM station. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host. I'm running right now. I'm running solo this morning. I forgot to call Jim Boy. And if he's listening, maybe he'll check in. If not, we got a gazillion things to already talk about. I've never been so dead burned depressed in my life. <laughs> I've been researching all week. Everything that I find seems to be on the not so good sign. But to top it off, I turned the news on this morning and was watching the weather on uh, Newsmax. And I seen where Kentucky had a 1,000 year flood. And they showed pictures of it. I thought, you know, I may have had a rough week, but this is nothing compared to what those people are going through back there. Absolutely nothing. So my prayers goes out for the state of Kentucky. That was absolutely horrendous. So I just, you know, I wish I could say it made me feel better, but it made me sick in my stomach. So good luck, Kentucky, for all the people back there. Oh, my gosh. Good luck. God bless. Tires and rain in Tucson, Arizona. This is on Saturday, 719-1490, 719-1490. Unless you want to hear me talk for two solid hours, which I don't want to talk for two solid hours because I I, I don't like to listen to myself talk that much. Uh, it is open line, 719-1490. Anything, and we can start with tires. We can go to front-end repairs and problems that causes tires to wear out and cause instability on the road. Insurance coverage, what do you do in case of an emergency? Electric vehicles, a lot of scuttlebutt on the, uh, on the uh, websites on um, uh, fires and charging issues. Um, and they're trying to make a big deal out of some of this stuff. But, you know, uh, in fact, I'm going to cover that right now. Electric vehicles, scuttlebutt. 
fires and charging issue. You turn, you you go in, you start digging around, and all of a sudden you see this bus on fire, electric bus on fire. People, that's not the only bus that's ever been on fire, and they weren't electric. Things happen. Charging issue, they're saying they're having some charging issue with the charging stations on the road uh, where you're supposed to pull in and charge up. Okay, it probably has something to do with the mechanical. In fact, that was the uh, reference they had to it. I don't know what mechanical you can do unless you jerk the charging uh, cord out of the box or something, but, you know, people jerk <laughs> gas nozzles out of stations all the time. So, huh? That's how it happens, Jerry. Are you there, Jim? I am. I, I got it popped on here. Oh, oh, good morning. Sorry I didn't call you, buddy. Been a busy <laughs> week. Okay. I, but I I'm glad you showed feel. up. I know. How you feel. Are, yeah, the, uh, the yeah, are you are you people. stuck in a flooded road or something? No, no, not yet. <laughs> not You're too coming. many. Did a few. Did a few stuck in flooded roads. Um, <laughs> trying to trying to stay away from the flooded roads. You know when the when the barricades are up and says don't cross. I kind of look at that and don't cross. Uh, so uh, yeah. Well, I got uh, another one for you. Before the barricade, before the barricades go up, when you're getting ready to cross the, nope. I think we just lost Jerry. Well, I, 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 <laughs> I think we just lost Jerry. Anyways, if he was talking about the barriers going up um, in the flooded areas, um, should you, I don't know if he was going to ask this, but I'll ask, should you cross the walk, should you cross the running wash before the barriers go up? So you're sitting there looking at the, at the, at the road and the water's running across and you're sitting there thinking, well, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I can risk it. Well, no, don't do that. That's, that's a bad idea. Don't risk it. Uh, you should never risk driving through a flooded wash at any point in time um, because you don't know what's in the middle of it. You don't know what what the water's done to the road underneath it. You don't know how fast it's flowing. You don't know what debris is underneath there. You don't know if, if your car is going to get washed away. You don't know if the water is going to suddenly rise, which it does. There's been frequent frequent uh, events in the last Flagstaff. I don't know if anybody. Oh, come on out, Jerry. <laughs> I don't know if anybody saw the flagstaff. Yeah, I'm back uh, on. I'm back on. You know, the, oh, the humidity's up, so I guess it dropped it. Go the, ahead. The humidity's up. Oh, oh anyways, I, I was talking about the, the crossing the river before the barriers go up. and uh, I was just saying that we should be crossing we're crossing roadways that are flooded with water, with running water, if, uh, if uh, you can get around them. I don't know if anybody saw the Flagstaff footage. That those the roads there were oh. were flooded deep, and they came up in like two minutes. So you can be traveling mm-hmm. along, and and all of a sudden it comes down, and you won't really know. Sometimes you see a wall, but a lot of times you don't even notice it. Just it just rises really quick, and before you have a chance to react, you're in the middle of a flash flood. So rule of thumb. That's right. Don't drive in the water when it's running, even if there are no barricades. Just because they haven't got there yet to put them up to say, right. hey, don't be dumber than dumber than you should be. <laughs> Just don't do it. 
So, and I don't know if any of you guys live on the north side of town, where the CDO wash is, up there by Lambert, um, where it crosses. They actually have gates, metal gates. You know, not just barriers. They actually go out and close metal pole gates that you can't drive around. You can't even ride a bicycle around them. You can barely get walk around them. So they're, they're, that wash runs so frequently and so um, aggressively that they're, they're so serious about closing it off that they actually built, the county actually built solid gates to put up there so you couldn't get in there. So I well, pulled that's one dangerous vehicles place. out of the CDO wash. Yeah, and I, built, I pulled vehicles out of the CDO wash that are, that uh, they float down the river, they make it all the way to the to the uh, to the Latoya Bridge. Okay, from because it goes from the north to the south, as it flows down there, they'll they'll flow all the way to the to the um, Latoya Bridge, and they'll be stuck, full of mud, full of water, completely ruined. So if you're if you're coming to the oh if you're coming gosh. up to the to the road and you see the water flowing. Yeah, just turn around. I know you're going to be late. I, I know it's going to be an inconvenience. I know that the world will actually stop rotating and, you know, we'll all fall off. But <laughs> it, trust me, that three and a half minutes that you're going to waste is going to be such a huge benefactor to you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to... You're, it's, <laughs> It, it it really um, is that important. <laughs> so, so I don't know if that's where you were going with that that line of line of conversation, Jerry, but that's where I went with it. So, well, you know, in in search and rescue, uh, we 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 look for the unexpected, and when you pull up to uh, like, let's just take uh, Tankerverde Loop. You go down the road at Tankerverde Loop, there's no barriers up, there's no water in the road or anything like that. That don't mean that it's not in your door on the right-hand side of you coming off the top of the mountain if you're headed north. You have to watch these washes. True story, went to Lake Powell, was driving up there, and we're driving down the road, and we're just uh, talk, sitting there talking, and there's no thunder, no, no, no clouds anywhere. And we're driving down the road, and I look over to the right, and I, I seen something moving, and I, I thought it was a uh, uh, antelope or something. No, it wasn't. It was a flash flood about five foot high going down a ravine. And I looked around and looked out and up, and I couldn't see rain. To this day, I do not know where that son of a gun come from, but I'm telling you, it was coming and coming with a vengeance. That taught me to don't assume nothing. If it's raining on the backside of Mount Lemmon, it's going to take 8 to 24 hours, depending on how much rain there is, to get down to the Tanker Verde Wash because of the travel that it's got to make and the buildup and the runoff. Tanker Verde Falls is absolutely, I mean, they have a lot of people wiped out up there. They've had, uh, I want to say, about 30 from flash floods and water deaths up there. So you know, people be careful with this stuff. It, it's nasty. Water, I mean, it's not as necessarily as much the water as it is the rocks as big as a Volkswagen coming down. And it's trees. It's not tree limbs. It's trees and big logs and garbage that comes down that wash. And then every now and then you'll see somebody out there in the middle of the tank of earth and they'll be riding an inner tube. 
Oh, yeah, they're going to tube the Tanker Verde. And they do it. Some of them get away with it. The ones that don't, don't want to brag about it. But just be careful. It, it's that time of the year. Now, the and you can only crash so many vehicles. And you're going to bury them in the mud. When you bury them in the mud and stuff, uh, the chance of recovery of that vehicle is pretty slim. I don't think Spectrum Minor Road Auto Collision can do a whole bunch of justice to make that thing run back like it was running before you decided to put it in the middle of the water. Um, but if, if you do have an accident on the streets because your tires are slick or you're not paying attention or the road is slick and you're not and you're following too close, you hit somebody, <coughs> Spectrum Minor Road Auto Collision. 4425 West Iron Road, 744-4454. Call Frontier Towing, have them pick the vehicle up, deliver it over there, and then let Javier and his crew take it from there. All they need is actually your phone number, and they'll come up with the rest of it. But um, you can you can trust them. Their work is good. They're honest, uh, and they're just processing on a daily basis with a quality thing the other thing is on your cars you know i was looking at my little honda and it's got all these little burnt spots on the car on the paint on the top and they take care of all of that they have computerized matching of paint so they can go down on the side of your car get a shot and match the color and paint the top you don't have to paint the whole car so there's an out for that because I know the world knows that you're keeping these cars longer. And everybody that lives in Tucson, Arizona, knows that the sun will give you these little baseball, volleyball. starts off about as big as a golf ball. And then it goes to a baseball. It goes to a softball. It goes to a volleyball. Then it goes to a basketball and just about covers your whole daggone car. So, But a lot of times when your car's running perfect and the only thing you don't like about it is the paint job, Take it in, get the darn thing painted. Trust me, it don't cost $43,000, and you'll be happy. So, Spectre Minor Road Auto Collision, 744-4454. I wanted to talk a little bit about tires and the rain. Tires and the rain. I have a set of tires on my truck. It's about mm, maybe a year old now, and probably got about 4,000 miles on them. It started raining the other day, and it don't rain in Tucson, according to my buddy. And I'm coming out of Escalante. I pull out of Escalante on Old Spanish Trail. And I thought my transmission was slipping because it had just it hadn't been raining long. And I knew the road was going to be slick. You know, it happens that way when you haven't had rain on a road in quite a while. Oh, my gosh. I thought oh, the transmission's slipping. You know, the RPM's going up. And the vehicle is not moving. It's moving straight, but it's just not moving. And so I thought, well, oh, crap. And so I pushed the accelerator. When you got 800 foot-pounds of torque and you're already in the RPM range and you hit the accelerator, bad things happen on a uh, slick road. <laughs> if I hadn't have been experienced in driving stock cars, I'd probably pack that thing into a mesquite tree. It kicked in, and before I could get off of it, we were doing the wiggles coming down Old Spanish Trail and scared. It actually made my heart rate jump because I wasn't expecting it. I thought, and one thing, I wanted to see if it was a transmission. That's the reason I pushed down on the accelerator because I was already spinning and didn't even realize it. That's with tires that are designed to shed water, 
designed to make contact with the road, and it's an 8,000-pound truck. If you have these little cars like my little CRV, heck, you can't even hardly take off once it just starts running, and that little thing just sits there and spins. These Mustangs, Camaros, Chargers, and all this other stuff that you're running in out there, on a wet road is not when you want to play. You don't, you don't accelerate, over-accelerate, because it'll get you in a whole lot of trouble in a short period of time. If your tires are worn out down to the wire bars and you get on a wet road, water does not compress. It sets under the bottom and keeps the tire from making contact with the road. That's when these things start spinning. And then you got to get rid of the grease and oil drops and stuff that's already on the road. And you can't do it because, one, your tires are not even – you're supposed to have them replaced by now is the short of this story. So check your tires. Have them checked to make sure. If you don't know what you're looking for, take them to your favorite tire shop. Have them look at it. Have them, they'll show you what a wire bar is and make sure that your tires have enough air in them because if they're running with the out to the tires going down, the outside uh, tire on the right side and the left side is going to be most of your contact point. You've got that little river that's sitting on the inside that you can pick up the water with. And when you pick up the water, it still doesn't compress and it's going to try to lift the tire off the ground. So, now you've had your tire education 101 this beautiful morning here in July. Anything you would like to add to that, Mr. Jim? And and you bring up a great point about the, the tires. You know, if if you have an experience a, tire, a turning the wheel and having the the vehicle go straight when you're expecting it to turn because you're hydroplaning on the on the water, uh, that's a very a very unsettling feeling. <laughs> that if you think you're going to make that corner and all of a sudden you're just slide along straight, um, there's a there's a whole lot of heart racing that goes on at that point. Your blood pressure does go up and you're thinking, hey, uh, I'm not turning the way I, I should. Then you immediately hit the brakes, which now you're really going to go straight even farther. <laughs> um, it's uh that's a that's a really eerie feeling, you know. I mean, it, eventually you will slow down to where you can turn, or you will crash, and you will stop. Now, the latter is what we're trying to avoid here today. Do not, do not, you know, if you're driving along, and and you know, Jerry, you made a great point about the Camaros and the and the Hellcats. I mean, you you jump on those cars on a beautiful dry day with good traction and you can it'll break loose and, and start going sideways on you. Uh yeah, try to do that in the water. Oh yeah. You'll be doing donuts in the middle of Speedway Boulevard and you won't even know what's going on. So but That's yeah right. the the wear bars the wear bars on your are on are uh, on those tires are there for a reason. They're to tell people that, hey, just in case you forgot, it's it's like an empty tank of gas, you know. That that's just like a gas gauge. It's time to replace me. I'm, I'm wore out. I'm done. I'm used up. You know, get rid of me. Throw, throw me away. Buy some new ones that are better than me and get on there. Because if if you're running, you know, what do they call them, potato slicks or something, uh, they're running them down to where they, they look May like pops. they're watermelon smooth. May pops. May pops. There you go. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, may pops. <laughs> 
Vapop is is the term the, the official terminology of a tire that has a definite expiring life, but you just don't know what the expiration date is. So Maypop is going that's to right. pop sometime. <laughs> so um, and uh, that's not uh, not very advisable to be driving around on. I know their tires are expensive. You know, call call, call the guys that Spectrum Rider Road Collision. Yeah, call the guys at Spectrum and see how much how much how inexpensive a tire is compared to a front end. So that hundred fifty oh, yeah. or two hundred dollar tire, and on Jerry's truck, it's it's two ninety five, I think, or three three twenty five today for Jerry's tire. Um, yeah, yeah. For for a two, uh, a, what is it, a two seventy five eighteen or something, or two eighty five eighteen? Um, it's 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 it pushes it pushes the three hundred dollar limit. It's three hundred dollars, so it's six hundred for an axle. Um, it's an hour's worth of time of your time compared to a front end or a back end, for that matter. Uh, but let's assume a front end, mm-hmm. front fenders, grill hood. You know, now we're pushing upwards of five thousand. And on Jer- and on Jerry's truck, mm-hmm. it's not just the front end. It's the it's not just the radiators, the intercooler, the air to air. It's the AC condenser. It's the oil cooler. Um, so yeah, all that stuff comes into play. On little cars, it's it's a front bumper cover, it's a grill, it's a hood, it's a fender, it's an alignment, and you know, so you're you're already a, a front scrape with headlights is is over three thousand every single time. There's and there's just no way around it. There's there's no way around it. They can't they can't get it done for less. So I I know that two hundred dollars looks what? bad. Better than three thousand or four thousand. Absolutely. What were you going to jump? And the other thing that bothers me is the road rage when the uh, when the weather change. You can drive out the road and it'll be just starting to rain, and then you'll you'll back off of it a little bit because you reduce your speed. You're responsible for controlling the vehicle. Okay, the posted speed limits is based on driving. What it, it's based on perfect conditions. In other words, you don't have heavy traffic, you don't have rain, you don't have snow. Uh, the sunlight is not shining directly in your eyes, and that that speed limit is actually a recommendation for good weather, good conditions, everything. And just because it says it's got its speed limit on the freeway, 75 miles an hour, you go up through the speedway or, or on Interstate 10, there is water standing on the right-hand side of the road. Now, when you hit that at 75 miles an hour, the right, t- tires on the right side are not going to be moving the way the tires on the left side are, and it's going to suck you into the guardrail or off the road or turn you around. This is real. And so just be careful when you're doing that. When the weather changes, like the heavy rain, where you can't even see out the windshield because the doggone windshield wipers won't keep up with the flow of water coming to the windshield. That happened to me the other day. You slow down. You make sure you drive with your lights on in this crazy weather. And you just slow down. Try not to hit me in the rear end because you will not like that trailer hitch I've got on the back. And it, there's no sense in doing it when all you can do is back off a little bit. You may be late to your bingo party or your casino 
or your uh, doctor's appointment, that's all right. Normally, they're not on time anyway. So you've got about an extra 10 minutes. And if you get an accident, you'll be there. Like Jim says, you could be there two or three hours, depending on how bad the accident is. And hopefully, nobody's hurt. So have a little patience out there with this crazy weather. And road rage, Jesus Christ. People, that is a complete waste of time. Road rage is a complete waste of time. I'm old enough to tell you that with confidence. Uh, it, it It's a waste of time, and the end result is probably going to be horrible. So just just don't do it. And if you motorcycle riders out there and drivers, oh, my gosh. Uh, you just remember, you're hard for me to see, and I look for you. And it's, it's almost like trying to hit a fly with a, a piece of paper or something. There you see it, now you don't. Now you see it, now you don't. That's the way a motorcycle comes up through traffic, and that's how I identify it. And if I can see a motorcycle, first thing I do is I back down about two, three, four, five mile an hour, and I ride in my lane, and I'm watching both sides of the mirrors and the rearview mirror, just watching to see if this is an intelligent rider or if he's one of these hell-bent riders that's got to get there before everybody else does. And I, I just, it's that, that builds your heart rate up a little bit too. But road rage, waste of time. Just a waste of time. And besides, there's too many people packing. You don't know who's packing. You don't know what their level of patience is. You don't need to aggravate it. Telling them or signaling that they're number one with you, that's another waste of time. You know, just just maybe they have a doctor's appointment they've got to get to. Maybe somebody in the car is sick and they're headed to a hospital. You make the excuse for them. You let them go and, and worry about your own self. Be a defensive driver. Anything you want to add maybe, to that, Jim? Maybe they're just idiots. <laughs> you, just, you don't know. Um, I will tell you, we did one, I think it was last week, the, uh, <laughs> the guy was the guy was driving down the road, and so he swerved over off, you know, off the road to the shoulder, right? We're talking a city street where there was a curb and standing water because he was going to hit the water, you know, because it was standing, and make the, you know, make the water spread over the sidewalk, right? Because he was going to try and soak, sure. you know, a passerby, right? <laughs> this genius, he, he, he swerves over. Uh, he's got. I forget. I forget. I think it was a little Nissan or something. He swerves over, gets into that water. All of a sudden, now he's he's got two wheels, just exactly like what you described. Two wheels on the pavement. Two wheels floating, <laughs> and away he goes. <laughs> Turns around. Does I think he does a three sixty. Pile drives it into the light pole. And so now, thankfully, it was a TEP steel light pole, so it didn't break. Uh oh. Um, and just wipes it Are out. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Did I lose you? I'm still on. I'm still on. Hey, producer, can you hear me? At any rate, hello. I'll keep talking. So, hello. I'll just keep talking because I I was talking. So, at any rate, the genius the genius guy uh, was uh, talking was. Uh, he 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 rode down the road, did the three ran through the water, did the, trying to spray the passerby, 
did the 360 turn, crashes into the pole, and so there he is, stuck up on the pole. We get there, two electric powers there, trying to make sure that he didn't damage the pole or knock down the pole. Uh, the passerby actually is waiting. Can you hear me, Jerry? The passerby is still standing Hello. there because he wants to account, account to the to the uh, to the uh, uh, the the uh, police and the and the, and the uh, electric guys what actually took place. Anybody there? So he, that's what, I can hear you. I can hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> Did I get cut off? Hello. At any rate, so the, oh, we lost him again. Okay, I'll keep talking. Yeah, so the passerby's standing there, and um, he, he's, he, you know, he's kind of mad because the guy tried to spray him. So he's there trying to tell everybody on the planet about how this guy was a genius and decided to ride off the road. And then wind up totaling his car out because when you wrap a car around a light pole, it's pretty pretty severe. Now the guy who was driving the car walked away; he wasn't injured. Well, his ego was severely bruised, and um, he said that you know he swerved over because um, he wasn't trying to to water the guy, but he had looked down. Then so now now the question came into play from the police who were there going, "So were you texting? Were you trying to text and drive?" And you know now now this light bulb goes off in his head about uh how jeez was I texting and driving so now they want to look at his phone and see if there's a uh, if there was some type of um some type of um you know text or or un un, un non hands free call because now they're going to write him a ticket for texting while driving. So when you when you're driving down the road, there's all the repercussions that come into play that you don't know about. That somebody's going to start asking you these questions based on a simple action. And this goes back to the road race thing. So if you're going to be driving down the road and get infuriated at somebody for whatever reason, I'm not sure why. Maybe they stopped in front of you. Um, be aware that when when the collision occurs that you're going to be there for a while and there's going to be a lot of people asking you a lot of questions what took place and if it's you know if if it's really bad they're going to they're going to start arresting people so you, what you you don't just let it go uh, Jerry is 100% right on this what you need to do as you you see somebody driving stupid uh I get it <laughs> you just recount it that's what I do I recount them so I can tell you this is what takes place on the road, you know. It would, it, it. I can't make this stuff up. It's comical when you see people do some of the dumbest things, and they're trying to. You're trying to figure out what, what are you thinking about? Why, what, how is this possible? What person in their right mind would think that it's okay to be trying to swerve into somebody, or for that matter, trying to, you know, swerve down the road? I, I just try to stay in the line. But then when I'm driving a truck, I I have a, you know, I've got a big truck. I will tell you the other day I was downtown towing a SunTran bus. This is midnight on a Saturday. Midnight on a Saturday, downtown Tucson is quite an interesting place. Everybody and their mother is out down there, and it's all the people that, it's, it's amazing. It really is. So as I'm leaving, now, mind you, I have a big truck, 53-foot trailer, 40-foot-long truck with a bus on the back of it. Gargantuan, you know, 
massive truck moving around. So as I'm trying to exit the facility, because where they leave these things, because they're broke down, um, is, is pretty tight. If you've ever driven downtown, you realize that driving a car down there can be challenging. Well, imagine putting a semi-truck down there. So as I'm trying to drive around through the traffic, through the people, because there's mostly pedestrian traffic down there. I, it takes me probably 20 minutes to get from 6th and Broadway to the I-10, because that's how much, tra- that's how much pedestrian traffic I have to navigate. It's so bad as I'm trying to drive this drunk guy <laughs> out of the middle of nowhere, runs up to my truck, jumps up two steps, not one, but two steps on, up to the door level. Now, on a, on a semi-truck, the, 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 the step that you get into the door is three feet off the ground. It's not, it's not a, a far, it's not close to the ground. It's not like you're stepping into your car. Two big steps and you're up about three feet. That's why I get to see everything when I drive. I can see a quarter mile down the road looking at traffic because, well, I'm already up way above everybody. So this this genius, he, he jumps up on the step of the door and using the grab handle on the side of the truck, and he starts banging on the window of my truck while I'm driving in the middle of downtown. And I'm just sitting there looking at him, and I'm, I'm just, I, I can't believe myself. I'm thinking, what, how, how, how impaired are you? How drunk are you? Because I guess maybe it was like, hey, dude, watch this moment, right? So <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm going, I'm sitting there thinking, I have to stop. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, what are you doing? I'm try- I roll down the window and ask him to get off my truck because I really want to open the door. But then I know if I open the door, he's going to fall on, fall on his back and break his head. And I don't want that to happen. So when people are in that kind of condition, there's no hope. There's no hope for that, that they're going to make a rational decision. And when they're behind the wheel of a car, there's even, there's even less hope because now they're, power, now they're powering a 3,500-pound car down the road, and they're having that mental state. So when you see the people driving road rage, doing whatever, you know, and flipping you off for whatever reason, yeah, just let it go because there, there's no, nothing you can do. Now, mind you, for me, luckily, the, the the drunk idiot who jumped up on the truck actually finally got down and meandered off some other place. Because now I have to watch to make sure he doesn't run in front of the truck. And because on a big truck, you you could stand in front of the hood, and I can't see you. That's how that's how tall it is. When you could a six foot man can stand in front of the truck, and I cannot see you sitting in the seat because it's just that tall. So I have to now watch for. Or the this genius who's you know running like a like a chicken with his head cut off downtown, flooring around, making sure that there's uh, that he doesn't get in my way and I don't run over it. So the road rage thing is is real, real, real. Uh, it really exists. It's very, very difficult. Um, I know it's frustrating. You know, if you think that somebody's you're in a road rage situation. Make a turn, go the other direction, pull, you know, get 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 away from whoever it is. If it's you know, if you're if you're at a stoplight and you make a right turn, I get it. That's not the direction you want to go, but now you've you've removed yourself from that situation. Best thing you can do. Best thing you can do, because going down the road and having an interaction with somebody in another car moving forty miles an hour, 
um, you're not paying attention to the road. Best case, you will only rear end the guy in front of you. Worst case, you're both going to wind up dead uh, because you crashed. So when, when you're trying to have an interaction with somebody on the side of the road and they have no idea what's going on, uh, you need to do whatever you can to separate yourself from that. All right, so that's what I got on Road Rage. I hope I hope Jerry shows back up here in a little bit. Let's uh, we'll go on about the electric cars, electric cars, electric electric buses, um, electric cars uh, catch on fire after uh, collisions because of the batteries that uh, the way the battery design is. So on electric vehicles, what takes place is there's imagine. 24 one-gallon gas cans under the bottom of your car, and every one of them is full. So they're in a sealed container, and you can't get to them. So what happens during a crash is one of the containers gets compromised, so one of the battery cells gets compromised, so it catches on fire. So it catches on fire, and what it does is it subsequently catches each joining cell on fire. So, um, and it can happen at any, yeah, Jerry's back on. So it could happen at any point in time. Um, we've, ex- we've seen cars, electric vehicles that have been in a collision that will, that will catch fire. Now this is not an everyday occurrence, but it does happen and you should be aware of it. That what happens is the battery shorts out and because they're very high voltage and they have, and they have a very specific cooling system that maintains them at a 70 degree level. Um, once that once that cooling level is interrupted, um, the batteries overheat and then they they start to fi- burn. So what happens is when one burns, it it heats up the second one and it burns. And what happens is as as time progresses, you'd think they all would it would burn out all together. Well, they don't. One one cell can can uh, catch on fire and burn, and then it can cause damage to a secondary. And then that secondary can just lay there like a time bomb, just waiting. And then uh, it, it will finish shorting out, you know, and then it'll catch on fire again. I've seen it happen to where cars will be sitting, they'll be sitting 20 minutes or they'll be sitting a day, and all of a sudden it will start on fire. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason other than the, the battery itself is shorting out. Um, it's in a sealed can. It's very hard to put out. It takes lots of water. Oh, by the way, when you put water on an electric car battery, it, um, it emits a, uh, it creates a very poisonous gas, um, uh, that, that is very deadly. So, and putting a garden hose on it ain't going to cure it. There ain't enough water. You just ask the fire guys. They, they'll tell you that you can put tons of gallons of, on it and it won't go. You have to actually get the battery cooled off, and then you have to get it decharged. Um, so, dis- and since nobody really has a discharging method, especially for a damaged lithium-ion battery, it's really, really challenging to keep these under control. So, when we when we do crashes or collisions on on uh, electric vehicles, we have to isolate them. We have to keep them isolated just in case there is a su- uh, subsequent fire that results from the collision. The guys in the in the body shops they actually disconnect them and then they they try and just get them decharged to where so once the because once the battery's dead your your risk is pretty low but there's no way for uh oh, okay uh, so are we are we close to break 
Um, all right, so we're going to go to a quick. Uh, we're going to go to a quick uh, station identification. We can also um, do some advertising stuff, but let's go ahead and go to a break here real quick. Give me what two minutes, producer? You want you want two minutes, producer? All right, give us two minutes, folks. We'll be right back. We're trying to get Jerry back on the phone here. He's uh, he, he he his phone is monsooned and he is stuck and unable to talk to us. So, anyways, uh, all right, two minutes. <laughs> I haven't figured out yet what happened. Um, but before I lose you again, we've got two family four packs of tickets to the races. In fact, we have four family four packs of tickets. One, two, three, four callers get the four pack of tickets because I don't know how long I'm going to be on the radio this morning. <laughs> it's not the station's problem from what I understand. It's coming from either my cell phone or lack of, you know, the. it's probably just a moisture in the air like it used to do on the regular landlines. I have no idea. But um, anyway, Jim, you're doing a good job. I was able to catch some of it. Just keep going, buddy. Just keep going. You're talking about electric vehicles and fires, and, yeah, that's a nasty son of a gun. Um, yeah. But so- I, I try not to let too much. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just saying that the, the 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 electric vehicles they they can catch on fire and it's and the fire is really challenging to to get extinguished. So um, it's it's not you know yep. it's not a critical a critical mass thing where your car is going to catch on fire in your garage. But if it's been in a collision, it it has to be looked at immediately. Um, so you want to you want to make sure you, mm-hmm. you you get the the system looked at because the underlying damage you don't know about and as we as we move forward with um uh increase in electric cars i understand that they get their bill passed they're going to have more rebates for electric vehicles um so there's going to be you know more it's going to become more popular uh there's going to be um there's going to be more crashes because well we all know that there's crashes that doesn't happen we're just going to change the, the venue of what the crash is it's going to be from gas cars to electric cars um, also, right. you had started in the beginning of the show, Jerry. You're talking about charging systems, charging stations. Um, yeah, charging charging systems have failures. They're they they you know I don't know like any like any uh, electric device. It has a duty cycle. Um, does it run at a? Are they designed to run at a hundred percent duty cycle all the time? Um, I'm thinking that probably not. So if if the charging station concept is i plug my car in it charges overnight i and then it and then it's not being used while i'm gone to work that concept is really good but if you are all standing in line like you are at the gas station wanting to put uh charge your vehicle that charger is running at a 100 percent duty cycle so now the likelihood of it wearing out quicker is very high because probably somebody didn't take into account that it was going to run 24 hours a day maybe they did i don't know but Failure of, of electric charging station is a very is a big problem. Damage to cables is a problem because it they their people are people. Well, let's just get this straight. You you got to plug them in a certain way. If you if you drive off without it, it it gets damaged. If you drive over it, it gets damaged. You know, there's the the nobody's really come up with a good you know charging routine. You know. You roll up there, you back up your car, you drive your car up. You know, you think you'd unplug it and hang it. Some people just 
You know, are you we're used to going to the gas station where you put your your you know the gas nozzle back in the rack. You know, if I think a lot of people just throw the electric charging cable out. You know, oh, I'm unplugged. They just toss it. They don't even bother to hang it back up because it's you know I'm done, right? And nothing's going to come spring out of it, I guess, so to speak. So, those those are an issue. Exactly. I did, I did see the guy. The guys at TP were were talking about charging cycle times. So it used to be, it used to be, oh, I'm going to charge my car in the middle of the night when the when the load on the grid is less. Well, now we're introducing a load on the grid in the middle of the night because we're charging cars. So the grid no longer has a downtime; it has an uptime all the time because we're loading it up. We're, t- we're transferring a load from a from the middle of the day to the middle of the night uh, because we're now we're charging all these electric vehicles. So there is some there is some talk about that that the grid itself, the power consumption is is going to be an issue because we again the duty cycle of of the of the power system is, you know, 100% at between 4 and 6 p.m., and then it kind of cycles down. Well, now we're extending that because we're charging cars all the time, so we need more electricity to charge it. Ergo, brownouts, blackouts, and higher electric bills. So that's one thing that as we increase our electric cars and our electric car volume, um, you're going to start seeing. And this is the guys from the power company telling me this, so. Uh, I don't know, folks. Okay. Gas looks pretty well, good right makes... now. We even at five bucks a gallon. So, but I'm, I'm sure we won't have it forever. We'll, we well, can all, we're all going to get used to this. The, Go ahead. It, it's the good, bad, and ugly. The good, bad, and ugly. It's a new product good, on bad, the market. Uh, it evidently it's not as popular as they were hoping it would be, or we. The taxpayer wouldn't have to give you seven hundred fifty uh seven thousand five hundred dollars for you to buy an electric car um so it's it's new uh it's it is what it is, and we have to deal with it so when they give you lemons, make lemonade. The other thing that concerns me about the electric circuits how about the electricity the surge in the electric lines like you go r v parking you go down to a lake and you plug it into the uh, box down there. Well, there's ways that you do that. You go in and turn everything on wide open. Then you plug it in, and you're supposed to not have any problems. I've got one of those $150 adapters where you plug it in to keep the power surge going in and blowing everything out. So I'm wondering, I'm concerned about the power surge, electric surge, but if we don't have the infrastructure, if we can't even keep the cities running with full power without the electric cars, how are we going to do it with all electric cars coming on board? That's my concern, and that's part of the infrastructure that they need to figure out before they go to blowing smoke. Uh, it's just there's <clears throat> too many things right now. I still like the hybrids when it comes out to that. But before I get uh, lose contact again, <laughs> the uh, 2021 Ford Bronco with the 2.7 V6, it's possibility for a recall on that one because the valve spring keepers are coming off of the engine and destroying. Okay? So that's on a 2021. If you want to find out if your vehicle is in that category or has already been recalled and you haven't been notified, go to National Highway Transportation uh, Authority, uh, Safety Authority, and, with your VIN number and get it checked. 
now said that say this forgery calling 17,000 trucks because the wheels may fall off 2021 F150 250 350 450 and 600 the dealers are instructed not to sell until the torque specification have been verified on this. and But that's a lot of trucks, and that's a lot of checking. It's going to take some time to get them all done. So if you're concerned about your vehicle being in that category, National Highway Transportation Safety Authority with the VIN number, and it goes, they put it in the site as NHTSA VIN, V-I-N, checker. Go in there and find out if your truck, because that's not going to be a fun ride if a wheel comes off. And that is on a recall. So pay attention to these two little things. If you do have that little Ford Bronco with a 2.7 V6, uh, check and see if you need to get that in to get these valve keepers changed on top of that motor. I don't know why they – I know exactly what a valve keeper is, and I know how they go on. How they come off, I have no idea, unless there's a machining problem with the top of the valve stem or the keeper itself, but that's a very rare occasion. Normally, if they're going to come off, it's around uh, 8,000 RPM, and then uh, like a race car when you got a lot of compression, a lot of speed, a lot of rotation, that's when they come loose. But So check these two out. Uh, also, before I run out of time, uh, Merrill's Automotive, Merrill's Automotive Machine Shop Service, 15 West Ajo, 807-4010, Weekend Warriors. You want to go there if you need the rotor's turns or drum's turns or the flywheel. Call them first, 807-4010, to make sure you can get it in and out before you disassemble your car. LensAutoBrokerage.com. LensAutoBrokerage.com and DesertRV.com. Desert RVs got specializes in toy haulers. Lens Auto Brokers specializes in pre-owned vehicles. So now, now I can go ahead because my phone quits again. By the time the next hour is over, I should be able to get the rest of them on. I'm having fun today, boy. I'm ha- I'm still having more fun than Kentucky is with that flood. That's a that's incredible. All right, Jim, yeah. back to you, buddy. And if I drop, you're, you're, just you're, go ahead. <laughs> you're you're technically challenged today. Is that what is that what you're telling me? You're technically nope. challenged today. I am not moving. My <laughs> headset is working. My phone is working, and all of a sudden, it's not working. And I can't I can't figure out which one it is because I've still got internet service. So it is what it is. It's just technology, and I'll just deal with it. As long as you're on the other end and you can get on. And I I tried calling in a while ago to – I tried 719-1490, and I didn't have any luck in getting in. Uh, So hopefully the people that are calling in, uh, 719-1490, area code 520 now, and see if you can get in because it's been very sporadic for me this morning. I call in, it rings one time, and it goes dead. So I don't know which end of the circuit it's coming from. I'm going to assume it's mine uh, because Jim is still talking. Jim, don't you hang up, or we probably won't have a show for the next hour. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm still here. Okay. Um, now, so that, I've got most of the stuff piled in, so go ahead. 
<laughs> well, the the Ford Recall with the with the running your vehicle to the wheels fall off is is very interesting. Um, that's that's a like the valve keeper. That's a really uncommon uh, occurrence. That, that unless there's just the both of them are. are torque. Yeah, very very uncommon. The valve keeper is falling off. That's I haven't heard of that in eons. That's a flat top. You know, that's a that's an old flat top head issue. You know, with the keepers in the bottom of the of the in the block. But um, the I'm just was wondering with the with the recall on the Ford the lugs if if there's if it's just they weren't properly torqued or if it's a stud you know if there's a stud or and nut issue. I mean, I guess if you went out there. Uh. And, Took a look and saw, well, saw if your wheels were properly torqued. It, be, it might behoove you just to take a look at them um, before you before you start driving. If there's that, yeah, pull your off. truck in, get your torque wrench. Yeah, take it to a tire shop and say, "I want these things retorqued. I want to see what it's supposed to be." Because they are the wheels and stuff are torqued on by a manufacturer by a robot. If that robot's out of calibration, they could have missed the torque specs. Is the only thing I can figure. Because those studs on those trucks, especially when you get up around the 600, they're huge. They are huge, and yes. so I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. At least somebody found out about it. Right, and, and the and the fact that the all the studs in all the vehicles would be defective across uh, from 150 to 600 or 650, that that would be so so unreal. It'd be impossible. So, I mean, if you got a new 17, truck, walk outside. Seventeen. Walk outside. Put even if you just have the even if you just have the wrench that's you know the tire lug wrench in for that came with the truck. Walk out there and put it on it and see if they feel loose. You know, if it or you know look at your wheel. Crank if it. The yeah. Wheel, if the wheel looks like there's if it's got a lot of them if there's you know the holes look oblong or it looks like the the lug nut is is wearing you know around it that's uh that's a reason to get it checked right. or you know and get it towed if you don't want to have it if you don't want to if you're afraid the wheel's going to fall off and imagine ford will be be doing yeah, that's that, way too, to do that. So. but uh yeah that's that's for that's such a seventy thousand well, vehicles and that's such a large line that's pretty amazing so anyways we're getting close to the top yep. of the hour jerry so um about, about go ahead and to, take us out when you get ready <laughs> so, anyways, folks, we'll be back to the top of. The, we're coming up to the top of the hour. We got a station break. Uh, I, I, the, uh, station ID, and we'll be right back here in just two minutes. 